0: When you feel like you're a hamster on a wheel, not making an impact, just not making any substantive change to the issues that you see in front of you that are environmental problems, social justice issues, that can feel really depleting. Sometimes doing the work, taking action itself is just not enough. It can actually feel like a drain on your energy and your mental health. So you need to change what you're doing and how you approach the problem to get the gains you want. Today, I'm talking to someone who has overcome exactly this issue when it comes to making a difference and doing something better for the environment. Before we get into it, I want to remind you that I am on a mission to help professional women who are deeply concerned about environmental and social issues, who want to find ways to take action that lights them up so that they can create meaningful change in the world. And if that sounds like you, head over to my website. It is ChristinaHunterFlourishing.com. That's Christina with a K. And hit the Let's Chat button to set up a call with me. Okay, let's dive in. I am Christina Hunter, and you are listening to the Live Well Green podcast, all about empowering you to create a more sustainable, equitable world. I taught environmental sustainability at the post-secondary level for 20 years and yet I still felt that I was not doing enough. So I stepped back and began to focus on the big picture in order to find the key activities that actually make a difference and how to accomplish them without burning yourself out. Here, I guide you through the nuances of sustainable well-being so that you can lead the change that you want to see in the world. And we can truly flourish. Welcome, Pauline. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Great. It's so nice to chat with you. I'm so glad uh, we have the opportunity to touch base again. It's been a couple of weeks since we had our last check-in. And so I'm very excited that you're willing and able to do this interview to talk about your experiences and how you've transformed over the course of this program, the Eco-Impact Academy. So thank you so much. Before we dive in, how about you just give us a little bit of lowdown on who you are, introduce yourself, and maybe just mention how you heard about the Eco-Impact Academy. Sure.
1: So, well, I'm an academic, but I don't work in the environmental area, I guess, at all, um, professionally. So I guess I kind of came to this program largely as a concerned citizen and parent. And I had heard about it through a woman that I met in a different organization, actually. Well, I am continuing, I suppose, to volunteer for an initiative to to try and pressure actually bank, I suppose, to stop funding pipelines. And she had recommended uh, your program to me. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yes, a previous student. That's wonderful. I'm very heartened to know that you're a regular person who's a concerned citizen, and you're highly, you know, competent, capable. You have a full-going, ongoing career, and yet you were still interested in doing this work. And I think that's really speaks to to me a lot of hope. You know, just regular citizens adding their capabilities and skills to building a more sustainable future. But when we think about what sort of like led you to this program, would you mind just giving us some indication about how you were feeling about the you know, environmental crisis, climate crisis, etc., when you joined the program and yeah, where you were situated and what motivated you to, to sort of do something different?
1: I mean, to some extent, I guess the way that I feel about the environmental crisis itself probably hasn't changed a great deal. It still seems pretty dire, (laughs) I think. And yet, I think that where I was as an individual when I first started was that I felt like a bit of a hamster in a wheel, I suppose, that, you know, I was trying to do certain things to, uh, you know, make my voice heard or make some kind of impact. But this largely involved, you know, like writing to politicians and, you know, trying to get them to talk to me or you know signing petitions or you know that kind of thing and none of those really ever saw any return and so it felt very difficult i guess to actually know how to make an impact since that seemed to be kind of the you know the only array of uh, possibilities out there and so it felt i suppose The environmental crisis seems no less dire, but my sense of helplessness, I think, is different from what it was now from when I started. So,
0: yeah. That's really important because you were already doing things. Would you mind just diving into that a little bit more? Because I think you were already pretty active, maybe more active than most, but can you get into how you were feeling about that in terms of like what actions you were taking and how you felt about it? And then, you know, we can get into you know, what you've been doing in the program? Sure.
1: Yeah. So on like on, a, on an individual level, you know, as and as a family, I suppose we try and be, you know, as environmental as possible, which doesn't mean that we're perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we try and be quite mindful about these things. So we have a small car, which we try not to use as much as we might, you know, in, in favor of like riding our bikes or walking, that sort of thing. We garden, we do eat meat, but we try not to eat very much meat, you know, that sort of thing. And I guess for me as somebody who's trying to, to make my actions less about only me, I suppose I was, as I said, like, you know, quite involved in, you know, petition signing and, you know, going to demonstrations if there were any to be had. And basically, I guess, involved in initiatives that were directed towards trying to stop people from doing certain things as opposed to trying to encourage people to do certain things instead, Mm -hmm. I suppose. Yeah. So, so that would be, I guess, in a nutshell, probably, I think,
0: where I was at. Yeah. And that was feeling like you had mentioned the hamster wheel, but... In terms of how did that feel? In terms of alignment with yourself and yeah,
1: like not good. I think (laughs) like largely not. Or I find that you know I'm I'm not somebody who really loves going to demonstrations. I mean, a lot of people do, and that's great. I just find that for myself, it's not really something that I really get a whole lot of energy from. And petition signing, I don't think that they're pointless, but it is difficult to see the impact of them often. And I'm not sure if their benefit is actually in terms of talking to the politician to whom they're directed or the company, But or actually probably their major benefit is probably just in terms of raising awareness amongst the people who sign the petition, to be honest. There's a definite, I think, benefit to that. But I wouldn't say that Either of those things is particularly rejuvenating. They're both like really quite draining for me personally. And which isn't to say that I you know, might not continue to do those things. But I think that the, the greatest benefit for me, I think, is to have learned to value the other things that I was doing too, which I do get more energy from. And to sort of see those as possible routes to have an impact instead of having the only route to having an impact being these things, which I found really not particularly consistent with what I would consider to be my personal strengths at all.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. I think that's really wonderful because I recall when you joined the program, you were already quite active, and yet you felt like it wasn't in alignment with who you are and Mm -hmm. how you wanted to spend your time. And yet you felt that you needed to do something. And I think there's that sense that this is the way, you know, it's either, you know, doing this or doing that. And we have this preconceived notion of what environmental sustainability or activism involves. And yet I saw that it wasn't your comfort zone. And it wasn't really playing to your strength, as you mentioned. And so why don't you just give us a little bit of an indication about you know, sort of the most important mindset shifts that you had during this program. And then we'll get into some of the actions that you're doing now. So, yeah, what did you find in terms of mindset shift in this program?
1: Um, I think it was just the sort of broadening of array of really counted as environmental action and kind of the recognition to that, you know, there's many different ways of approaching the problem, that, you know, everything doesn't have to be trying, you know, shift opinions at the top, which seem largely immovable, but that there's a number of ways of sort of getting at things on a lower level and in ways that, in fact, are not just productive but can also be enjoyable right so that it doesn't feel like it's some sort of like almost religious style punishment or something like that to go <laughs> you know because i think the thing is since the environmental you know situation is so dire and is already itself so depressing it's very difficult to continue to engage in actions which themselves feel quite depressing or draining and so the kind of validation if you like or not even validation but sort of like the the identification Of other things as useful avenues that could be pursued and expanded upon as well that are more fulfilling and actually more hopeful for me, for me personally, I think as a, as a person. I think that that was my
0: major, my major takeaway, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because there are so many people out there with such immense talents and skills that can be brought to this if it feels right. You know, so maybe for you, your greatest contribution is not to, you know, be doing things that aren't in alignment with who you are necessarily, but you have others things to bring to it that actually fuel you. And to me, that's really one of the keys to sustainability is our ability to sustain our efforts over the long haul because we know this is a marathon that we're running. Even though as dire as things are, we've got to be in it in order to, you know, for the long run, in order to really win. That's really nice to hear that you're finding that that shift in terms of seeing a broader range of activities. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the actions that you're taking now and how you feel about those? Sure. Yeah. So I think um, to some extent, I mean,
1: there are you know, two initiatives, I guess, that I'm still involved in that I would consider to be kind of, of the draining sword. <laughs> and, I th- and I think the thing that with that, I realize is that that's fine. Like it's possible to actually continue to do those things if I choose, because there is a source of regeneration, I guess, and, and energy that I can fall back on as opposed to it just being completely draining all of the time and that being it. It's possible to to do a variety of things, I think. And so what I'm doing, which I personally enjoy and find productive is I'm focusing more on sort of, you know, urban, I don't know if urban agriculture makes it sort of sound too big, but, you know, really trying to find ways to encourage people to grow their own food and to encourage people to kind of diversify, I suppose, what they grow as well. And so the major way that I am doing this right now is quite small scale Um, certainly, and perhaps will remain. I'm not entirely sure exactly where it's going to go. I have my own garden, I guess, which is in the uh, front yard. I also now have a seed library, which gives away seeds. And that's been quite successful. It's actually been a very good... Project not I think only in terms of the fact that people have taken seeds, but that it's also really led me to have some conversations with people who are you know walking by. and that's been great in terms of getting to know the neighbors a little bit, but it's also really great in terms of knowing that there are people who are like-minded when it comes to these kinds of things too, right which would not necessarily have known otherwise. And it's actually a very cheap project, basically just giving away seeds that I'm not using <laughs> or alternatively, you know seeds that I've saved. I'm going to invite neighbors. Neighbors have actually already started dropping off their own seeds. And so it's kind of, you know, creating its own... Any bit of momentum so far, but I think I'm going to encourage that further by like explicitly saying, you know, or making some kind of little sign that if they do save seeds and they would like to distribute them to their neighbors or anything like that, that they should certainly consider this to be a venue and I'd be happy to, you know, package them up and stuff like that if people want. But even if nobody does, I still have sort of plans for how I can can continue to regenerate it. And I've also gotten one of my relatives to agree to be a satellite (laughs) seed library in a different part of the city. So it's expanding a little bit and that's the route that I'm going. And then over the winter, I was thinking I would try to explore some more possibilities, ways that I could donate time or possibly seeds or something like this to food banks in the city. Just these, like anything basically that will encourage people to grow things and make it a bit easier for them to grow things or, and grow a variety of things, like, you know, exciting tomatoes that you know, or perhaps otherwise endangered, like,
0: you know, <laughs> so yeah, vintage seeds and things you can't get elsewhere, and yeah, yeah. You know, Pauline, I think that's beautiful. I feel like your actions are really getting close to sort of top of pyramid actions. We talk about that action pyramid and the very top where we have the the highest impact. And those actions tend to have multiple benefits in terms of sustainability and community benefit. And they also tend to have this kind of natural snowballing effect where they sustain themselves in some ways. And we're starting to see that with your very, you know, small organic project that stems out of your own you know, love of gardening and desire to do something really relevant in terms of helping you know people live more sustainably, and I'm really, really excited to see that it's already starting to amplify naturally, and that's really what we we try to get to, right? Is that that self sustaining project that amplifies itself and has all of these multiple benefits of you know saving heritage seeds and growing your own food and you know reducing food miles and talking to your neighbors and having those conversations that feel natural about it and helping you feel better in the sense that you know that there are people around you who share these concerns and sense of community around it in a just really natural way. And it's it's always very
1: positive. That's the thing. I have no negative conversations with people about seeds at all, right? Like, I mean... (laughs) People are excited, you know, by the possibility. People love talking about the things they're growing. And so it feels like kind of, for me anyway, kind of a perfect project because it is literally about growing something that people feel good about as opposed to trying to move what feels like a immovable negative, right? So really, yeah, no, it's been great. And it is a source of like intense happiness, which is,
0: Yeah. That makes me very happy because a lot of what stalls us out is the, the feeling bad about things, right? And we get stalled. I remember you using the word paralyzed at one point, you know, in the beginning. And here I see you doing this action that is, you know, relatively, you know, simple to understand and, and was approachable from your perspective Even with a career and kids and life, and yet you're anything but stalled. You know, you're just in this beautiful momentum that's bringing you happiness. And I think that's that's so vital because we have to protect ourselves, right, as we go. And I know that's that's such an important part of this is transforming how we feel about the issues and our role in all of that. So I'm so pleased to hear that this is bringing intense happiness. That's (laughs) that's amazing. Okay, well, talking about conversations, if you were able to speak to somebody in sort of that same state as you were in when you first entered the program, what would you say to them?
1: I think I would recommend the program, I guess, because it does, I think it helps going from the sort of feeling of chaotic inability somehow, right, that there are too many problems. There's not enough time, right, to know how best to approach them. Time is limited. Also, personally, like you want to, you know, do something which is going to be effective. Like there's nothing worse than sort of feeling like time is short, then you've wasted your time basically by, you know, by doing something. And yet, yeah, for somebody like me, again, coming from like kind of outside the environmental movement, really, it seemed like the only possibilities really were you know, protests and petitions, as I said. And there's so many of those petitions and so many problems and so many, you know, really good organizations to know more about and that sort of thing. But it can be really difficult to know exactly where to focus, I suppose. And so I think as the major benefit, perhaps, of having done this program is, is really the sense of kind of organizing my own approach to things in a way that feels very effective and productive and also rejuvenating, which then again leaves time for, or energy, I suppose, like such that, you know, if there are, you know, petitions going about or there's a protest or whatever, and, you know, I and I can go and do that too, even though I might not really enjoy it or whatever. That doesn't matter because it's not really the only thing that's going on. And that's kind of an extra to something that I'm doing, which does feel much more productive. And so I think the ability to to see where one has an in, right and can pursue that has been really valuable because it does the only way that I can really describe it it sort of seems like it's removed the chaos you know the consequence sort of sense of helplessness that goes along with that um to something which is actually like a like a followable plan and i guess not just a followable plan but like rather you know your instruction was how to create a followable plan it wasn't you gave us a followable plan but actually you know how to do that ourselves so it's it's possible to to recreate that then right in different initiatives too I suppose you know as things develop and then even in the plan that I Had or the, you know, once I'd kind of identified kind of the general area that I wanted to work in, you know, that your program really helped, I think, also move through or organize even my thoughts about that, right? And sort of realize like originally I thought that, you know, this project would involve all of this, but actually those are two different projects or they would have to be two different projects. And so, and with each one of those realizations, it feels like my activities have become more efficient. And that's, great right it does feel like it has removed that sense of wasting time somehow into feeling like it can use time more efficiently and more effectively and and it feels good so
0: that is so exciting to hear because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with, right? It's just I don't have time. You know, I care about this, but it's not getting anywhere. What I do doesn't make a difference. You know, that sort of feeling that will it be worth it? You know, and to hear you say that you're you're feeling focused and productive and efficient in what you're doing now. That's really exciting. And that's definitely what I'm seeing from others as well, because we're building on our own skills and our interests and really narrowing the focus in order to make that meaningful impact. So that is so wonderful to hear. Well, just to end things off here, Pauline, I I really appreciate your time here. But what what do you look forward to most when it comes to, you know, this ongoing impact that you're making? Yeah, what lights you up most about what you see in the future? I think I would
1: like to be able to see, I guess, this project develop in such a way that it does spread a little bit, like perhaps to a couple more satellites, such that other people can have this experience too. (laughs) Yeah, I think that If it's possible to kind of get a sense that, you know, there is more excitement about or more pleasure that people are having in growing their own food or looking forward to of seeing what you know what could be produced or are excited about some kind of crazy heirloom tomato that they might be able to grow like um, all of those things I think are good because it, it feels like that kind of thing is infectious right if one person enjoys doing something and they talk about it to somebody else the chance of that other person doing it are also like kind of you know a, a bit more increased and stuff and so it does feel like food growing has the ability, or it feels like this is the time and the place in some ways, right? Inflation and with, you know, just coming out of the pandemic and people sort of realizing that, you know, they kind of like their home space and, you know, like all of these sorts of things It it feels like it's a, it's a good moment to kind of try and catch that energy and encourage people to grow vegetables and grow other, you know, butterfly sustaining flowers or, you know, whatever, and also a variety of different things. And so, and so I think that that's what I'm looking forward to as I'm just this, this hope that it will kind of snowball a little bit and it will just kind of fan out a bit in the sense of sort of feeling like it's, that there's a bit more of a sort of a casual community, I guess, that grows up around this kind of stuff. Right. So,
0: yeah. I love that you're starting to see the knock-on effect already. And you're looking forward to those ripples going out, you know, in Mm -hmm. the pond from your actions, because really, I think that's what we all want to do. And the more of that we get going you know the more important actions that have these knock-on ripple effects or you know the snowballing of the impact is really how we make change and it's grassroots and it's top down both at the same time and you get to be part of that and you are becoming this node that has these these knock-on effects so i'm so excited for you pauline and for what you're doing and i thank you so much for sharing your experiences here was there anything else that you wanted to add at
1: this time? No, just, I I just wanted to thank you for, it was a great program. It was really interesting. I looked forward to every week. I learned a lot. It was very accessible, but not accessible and yet like um, intellectually engaging at the same time. I found that it was, you know, pitched at an extremely good level. And yeah, it was very good. It was time well spent, I think,
0: doing this program. I would recommend it um, certainly to Um, to others anytime. So, yeah. I love that. And, you know, I love that you're part of this community now and it doesn't end here. You know, we have these ongoing calls. We continue to be community supporting one another. And I'm just so blown away by the high level of engaged participants that we have in this program that is really, really wonderful that we, you know, have this ongoing community to support and to be inspired by. So thank you for being part of that, Paul. Pauline, maybe I should go and uh, water my tomato plants now. (laughs) (laughs) But I thank you so much. And we'll talk again at our next check-in call. Okay, sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye for now. Pauline's experiences of going from feeling like a hamster on a wheel, where she's not making an impact, to realizing that there are different ways to approach environmental work so that you can do things that don't leave you depleted and just feel like punishment can actually light you up and make you feel invigorated and like you're making a real difference. Now, If that sounds like something that you are interested in, set up a call with me through my website. It's Christina Hunter Flourishing. That's Christina with a K. Hit the Let's Chat button and we'll see if the Eco Impact Academy might be a good fit for you. All right. As you know, I love to end these shows with a quote to inspire us all. And today's comes from Rosa Parks, who said, You must never be fearful about what you are doing when it is right. Thank you. That's all for now. If you are interested in exploring these issues further, head on over to my website, christinahunterflourishing.com, and hit the Let's Chat button if you are a professional woman and are deeply concerned about climate change and the state of the world that we are leaving to future generations and want some guidance on the best steps to take. I would love to connect with you. While you are there, sign up for the Flourishing Fridays newsletter. It is your weekly guide to sustainable well-being and effective environmental action. I can't wait to talk to you again. Until then, live well green, my flourishing friends. Bye for now.